Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. to another episode of the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. We've already been talking for a while. We aren't quite sure what we're talking about, but one thing we know is what we're drinking. Melissa, take it away. We are talking about... (laughs) We are talking about Ravenswood Chardonnay Vinter's Blend California 2012. I can pronounce this one. Good job. And And you know what? It is almost completely done. And I am also going to point out it's a Chardonnay. It is a white wine, which is quite unusual for mm-hmm. us. But it is delightful, and I am drinking the hell out of it. Yeah. White wines tend to accumulate in my fridge, which means they're always there when I run out of red. Which means I have run out of red. And that was a solid <laughs> thump of... Of, we have finished this wine, and I... Ooh, oh, okay. there was, there was uh, a glug. I am licking glug. wine off my hand. That's what you do with a wine bottle. When you're done, you lick it. I don't know if you knew that, but it's a rule. Let's just talk about what our friends do and the shit we've come up to with our friends. This seems like a really bad idea. I know. And yet we're going to do it, aren't we? I don't know. Do we have another topic? Um, Let's see. We've got Nazis. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I fell down on my foot. How else do you respond when you're taking a drink of wine and somebody goes, we've got Nazis? Well, that's always a conversational option, clearly. Fast, fast. I, need a, I need a towel. Oh, there are Kleenexes behind you. Oh, there are? Good. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. okay. All right. Oh, we are prepared. I feel like I'm mopping up after a bad <laughs> sex scene. Oh. First okay? I wiped off the white wine, then I blew my nose. Oh, oh. Uh, well, I bet it's clean now. Life pro tip. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, Do we have okay. a topic? There's okay, okay. okay. Uh, topic, topic, topic. Ghost stories. We could probably. Fess is raising his hand. Yeah. Fess wants to join. <coughs> Another player enters! <laughs> Sorry. Player two has entered the game! Should we just say fuck it and talk about musicals? <gasps> Fess! You can be part of a musicals episode because. How you do you can... not love musicals? musicals! How do you not love musicals? No, seriously, come back here. Welcome, listeners, to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your hosts. I'm not Wendy. I'm Melissa. That's <laughs> I, uh, Wendy. I'm Wendy because I'm not Melissa. <laughs> I, I'm so drunk. I almost introduced myself as you, Wendy. Oh my god! I know, right? That's tr- oh. If I were Melissa, you'd huh, be tall. I'd be tall. That would be interesting. And, and I don't know. I don't you, know how fast you, I'm, feel I, about should that. Should I be thinking about that? You can if you want. You know what? In the privacy of your brain, you can enjoy that thought. I'm hoping you enjoy that thought. Jesus, don't be judgy. Anyway, anyway, I'm just wondering if I should think about it. (laughs) Anyway, listeners, our our super awesome guest this evening is (laughs) Fess Works of the Webcomic Beacon podcast and my boyfriend. I'm Fess. Hi, Fess! Hi, Fess! Fess is a brony, and I love that about him. My, it's true. My, my, no, po- no my ponies are right over there. Yes, yes. Just... Absolutely no condescension there. I'm serious. I think that's fucking awesome. And, there, and... there are ponies in my house, and they're not mine. No, no, I gave you one. I gave you a Pinkie Pie. That's true. I have a Pinkie Pie. From, from the first collector's edition version of Pinkie Pie, because it has a sparkly cutie mark. Now that's love, people. <laughs> Now I'm drinking a Pacific Pear Cider by Fox Barrel. It is authentic and natural. Oh, it tells me that I should serve it chilled. Well, that's a good idea. I did chill it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It says fermented pear cider. God, I'm drunk. Fermented pear cider from pure pear juice. Ooh. Duh. Ooh. Can I taste that? Yeah. I like pear ciders. They are nice. They make a nice change. They're very oh, 
Oh. Oh. <laughs> I almost snorted more alcohol out of my nose because <laughs> Melissa's face made great radio. I, meanwhile, am drinking a Nuclaris Brewing Company Moon Man. Moon Man. Yes. Every time I drive through Wisconsin, I stop at a gas station and I buy Nuclaris beer. Because you cannot find Nuclaris outside of Wisconsin. I know that many beer drinkers particularly like Nuclaris. I I am not a beer drinker, so it is beyond my ken, but Mm -hmm. I know that many people go to Wisconsin for this. I also know that M-O-O-N spells moon. And I am drinking... Uh, rum and uh, diet right. Oh, you're you're oh. aiming to catch up. <laughs> yes. So it's like ice cubes, and then filled up the diet right, and then soda. Something. Yeah, I mean he's gesturing, which makes great radio. But clearly, Fess is jealous that we're already there, and he's driving real fast to, to join up. Listeners, yes, the oh. germ of our podcast we have decided upon because <laughs> we're drunk and we can't think further ahead. And I'm yeah. here by accident. Well, and he's here because he has opinions, and that is, Fess, if you know at all who I am, you'll find this interesting. Fess hates musicals. What? Well, (laughs) I wouldn't just outright say that I hate all musicals. I'm very particular about the musicals that I enjoy and the musicals that I really hate. There's, There's hardly a middle ground. What musicals do you enjoy, she says as she drinks her alcohol. The formula... For which I find that I appreciate, but that I appreciate musicals more, are when the singing and performance of the singing is within context of the movie. So there's, I keep forgetting the name of this movie, but there's this one movie that was basically about this show on the road, and all the musical numbers are when they're actually on stage performing the musicals. So like almost all the musicals from 1930s. Singing in the Rain is not quite like that because there are some offstage mm-hmm. sort of stuff, but it's very much designed and styled as though it is a Broadway play, the way that it's shot, the way that it's staged, okay. how they're jumping around. So the- interesting question. Do you have a problem seeing a musical live on stage? I've not seen a musical live on stage that I can recall. I may have when yeah. I was younger. Yeah, I know. I need to, I need to get that to happen. But I, w- I w- You know what? I should drag you to Book of Mormon. I know, right? I know, right? Because I need to see Book of Mormon. I still need to see Book of Mormon. We should all see Book of Mormon. Everyone should see Book of Mormon. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the creators of South Park. And and you have uh, professed at least a moderate admiration of the South Park musical. I do like the South Park. Bigger, longer, and uncut. I do enjoy that one. Probably because it's set up in such a way that it's almost like it's making fun of musicals with the the staging, the the lyrics, just just how it is. And and I personally I love the medley one where they're all you know. Oh God, yes. The it's yes. I I medleys are always fun. Anybody who has ever put together a musical show will tell you. Anytime you throw in a medley, the crowd goes wild. It's yeah, it's, true. it's the and montage of a musical. Apparently, even musical haters will dig on a medley. So <laughs> well, remember that. It, it <laughs> happened during a, a montage, and, and montages are always kind of cool. Montages are always um, satisfying. There was... It's like fast forward, like, I get to skip the part where it's work, and we come magically to the point where I'm an expert. Bing! To, to go back to, to musicals I like before I start going on hating and stuff. Um, yeah, so when it's, when it's context sensitive, oh, it makes sense that you'd be doing it. Or if it's one person maybe like sort of sidestepping the reality or the setting of the movie, almost like they're seeing what's in their heart, what's in their mind. It starts to bend a little bit for me too, which it, it, it doesn't work for me. Like, like I didn't re- when I saw the Muppets, the new Muppets movie. I really hated the first act. I I was like, where's everybody that I want to see? I want to see Kermit and everything. He's not in there for 20 until 20 minutes in or something like that. And it's just like I don't know, I don't like the actors that were the the human actors that were in is like you, you guys don't like Amy Adams. They seem Amy creepy. Adams is awesome. Well, okay, the, whoever Jason the guy Siegel, was. Jason Segel I'm not they, I'm not sold on. They kind but of Amy creepy. Adams is awesome. 
just the way that they were acting is like, what are you acting like? That's not how an adult person acts like. You seem pretty creepy. So it was more of the problem with the character. And he does a really good job of looking kind of creepy by smiling and being childish in this sort of way. It, it was it's like, dude, you're a Muppet and you're a human and your brother's... Are you a what? man or a Muppet? Man or a oh Muppet? Oh my god, I hated that. Man that was so Muppet stupid. Or a man. That was so stupid. Anyway, I love so. That number. Because all I could think about was Tim Wick. <laughs> so. We're not, we're not discounting no, no, you. No, we're just no, drunk. No, no, no I, we're, we're drunk and we're So I went back to the original Muppets movie. Because I didn't remember that much singing. I uh-huh. really did. It's like anything that nostalgia. For Good me, God, for, Paul Williams was all I just don't place. remember. You know, it's like I blocked the it out. Rainbow Connection. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, that one. Everyone Can knows that one. Can you picture that? Can you picture that? Never before <laughs> have two hearts beat so free. <laughs> Rocket Frank so Oz. <laughs> For me, this is the first love and the last. I love that song. <laughs> I fucking love that. I love how Frank Oz just fucking gets, bends it over and just delivers it. Yes. For the listening audience, Wendy is imaginally fisting. Um, a puppet, I think. It's Frank a Muppet. O- Frank um, Oz delivers the, the fucking bomb. He delivered the shit on that song. So here's the here's the thing. I I love pretty much everything about that movie except for the Miss Picky solo because it it went off to Never Never Land in a cloudy little you know well, she was course, she was having a brain aneurysm at that point and no, totally no, no, that's took Piggy. me completely out of the movie completely out of the movie because she left the movie. But that's Piggy. She's living in her own deluded fantasy. It was such a cheesy song. I didn't like it. It was it like, is, oh, come on. You know what? Let's get back to the road tripping music. I hated, let's have some more fun. I hated the... I hated you're Piggy's saying this because you hate women. No. Oh! I hated Piggy's song when I was younger. Now that I'm older, I find it hilarious because it is such a meta commentary on all of those love songs. And then there's yeah. the added layer of just all I can do when I hear that song is picture Frank Oz in the recording booth. Yes. And it's hilarious. Oh, God. She goes for that high note at the end. <laughs> you know what? You know what? When I when I think of Never Before, I also think of the love medley from Moulin Rouge. <laughs> I know, right? Because it's this, and and Fess is covering his face. His glasses is off. Do you he, hate Moulin Rouge? <laughs> oh my God! It's so stupid. <laughs> Fess hates Moulin Rouge. It's so, so there's so many plot holes in it. He's like he can't fucking believe them. It's like what the fuck. So so it's like yes, they're they're, they're on a stage and it's context sensitive for them to doing this. And it's like and then when the fucking explosion of heart confetti or whatever for that one scene is like what the fuck is this? The heart confetti was part of that that scene on it's, the stage. It that happened. is magical surrealism. Maybe that's because I don't have a context for it, but it's okay. so stupid. Okay, here's the thing. Okay. Okay, here's the thing with musicals okay. that okay, I want to okay. talk about for a bit. Okay. Now, we know that I love musicals, and I have always loved them, partly because they're totally in my wheelhouse of talent, right? I'm going to confess something. It was really hard for me to get cast in straight plays. Nobody ever took me seriously as an actress. So you, but, well, you have to do the gay ones first, right? But I could sing and I could dance, which means I could get cast in a musical. Now, the thing about a musical is, you're right, Fess, it is supremely unrealistic. And you have to you have to somehow reconcile. If you're going to perform in a musical, you have to reconcile this really unrealistic thing that happens and make it somehow honest if you're going to perform in that musical, Right. So I'm performing in a musical and there comes a moment where I have to break into song. I have to be 100% invested in that moment or it's going to be shit, right? As a performer. 
And one of the things that I got told when I was in college that I'm like, thank you for finally saying it in a way that I can latch onto is that in a musical, the reason that you sing is because the moment has become too important and too big for words. The only way to express to express how big this emotion is, is to add music because music is pure emotion. But it's so cheesy when yes. it happens. It's, it's, it's like I start feeling embarrassed. No. Like, oh my God, can you hear yourself? You sound like a little child. And then what I get embarrassed is... for all the stupid little child things I did when I thought were cool but when I was a kid. Is... Then I look at boy, what a stupid little kid I was. But that is the reaction of somebody who is embarrassed by pure emotion. And think about it. When we are embarrassed about the things we did as a child, it is because we are embarrassed about the naivety, right? That you did that in public and you didn't realize that you were exposing too much. You were letting all of those emotions be visible. Anybody could have seen what was important to you. Why would you do that? And that's what a musical is. It is pure emotion laid out on the stage. And the only way that it works is that everybody invested, including the audience, is comfortable with the fact at this moment, we're going to launch into song because we are going to lay bare how huge this emotion is. I'm not just in love with you as in I say I'm in love. I'm so fucking in love with you. I'm going to sing about it, motherfucker. But then it sounds like it's, it sounds fake. It sounds ingenuine because it sounds, it's so, what I'm picturing anyway, it's just like, it sounds so cheesy, cliche. It's like, well, I thought you loved me, but now you're, it sounds like you're just making shit up from but all now the Hallmark greeting card. Now you are applying your modern sensibilities on classics. I grew up with the classics. And so that is what I thought true love was. And when you look at them from a modern perspective, they are ridiculous. Why would you ever do that? And yet, what do I really want in a man? I want a man who's going to sing to me like Gene Kelly. <laughs> With that well, kind of sincerity. Actually, and that ass. Well, and that ass. <laughs> Honestly, I want Gene Kelly's ass, Howard Keel's legs. <laughs> and... Whose um, arms? Chris Hemsworth's Hemsworth's arms are the arms of note these days. Let's be honest. All right. Who's torso and abs? Um, Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) Have you seen my husband? (laughs) But also, I want a man who can sing me a love song, right? I want a man who's going to look at me and be able to sincerely express love to me in a way that is pure and unabashed. I'm in love with you, and I don't care who notices. And that's what a musical does. Well, yes, okay, say, like, between me and Melissa, I've not sung her, like, an original love song, and I'm not even sure if I've sung another love song, (laughs) but I know I've quoted stuff and sung partially of other things in a lovey-dovey sort of way, seriously being stupid at the same time because it's silly to be singing, you know, like... uh, It is silly. Oh yeah, I know, but it's like it's a lot easier for me to to to, to do. I can't stop this feeling <laughs> inside of, of me. Ooga chaka, ooga ooga, ooga chaka, ooga. But see, yeah, you've got but that solo. Yeah, but that's also awesome. That's also borrowing something. It's also pop culture in this way because I can only think. But that's of... Moulin Rouge. You've got the soul of Moulin Rouge inside of you. You just need to understand. <laughs> but the plot is so stupid. No, fuck. And no, there's no, no, so no, no, many no, no, fucking no, no, holes no, no. in it. I can't stop no, being no, no. angry. No, fuck the plot. Yes, exactly. No. You have to enjoy the movie on the emotional level. The minute that you realize it's a musical, you accept the emotional story and is the emotional story totally there yes i don't everything (laughs) things pull me out of the movie it pulls me out because i i have a low threshold to immerse myself into a movie especially if the lights are off i zone i can i can uh, for stuff that's harder for people just to get into because of you know, other plot things or writing or, or characters not being as believable. Well, I have a low threshold to be able to accept a lot of things. So when something takes me out of the movie, it's surprising that it doesn't take other people out of the movie as much. Maybe it's because I do get so into it in the first place that 
something as stark as like well, okay yeah what fucking point did that lady have to go up to the guy they're getting funding from and to say ooh i think they're really just fucking you had no fucking motivation to say that fucking line you are not established character at fucking all it's like what the fuck and then the whole no, thing no. why do they need him as an investor anyway why the fuck would you sign with somebody that obviously crazy anyway clearly that's a fucking bad deal and it's like she's already dancing they're throwing money at her but apparently that's not enough money to turn into a stage you have a fucking theater you don't need it you just convert the fucking theater you have right now there is <laughs> It's forced plot for the sake of plot. None of it makes sense. It's plot by stupidity. You know what? You know what's so funny? You know what is so funny to me right here? Is that so much of what you just said seems completely reasonable if you're not a theater person. Because, yeah, they were, quote, throwing money at her, but they were all ones, and that is not enough to build the sets and the costumes. Are you shitting me? Let alone shut down their major source of revenue in order to do the revenue, the renovations. There are required. seven nights a week. They get money seven nights a week. They're going to have to shut I down for several weeks in order to renovate the theater. They need money to cover that, Right. First off. That's what they fucking two. did. They didn't build a new theater. They did the show in that same fucking place. They did everything you said they can't do, and they did. No, they didn't. They didn't have any sets. Look at their cabaret numbers. There are no sets. <laughs> it's not a real show. It's just fucking cabaret. It's just dance numbers okay, on a stage. But I'm not going to sign with... Some fucking crazy nut who's clearly got some. Oh my god, problem. you have never you do, done theater. You do not. That's, that's red flag. Oh yes, oh, you do. Oh red yes, you do. No. Look no, at the crazy no, man. No, no. But he's got money. This is separate from what I was going to talk about, but I think there's a movie called Enchanted, which yeah. I think is Disney's attempt to make a live action version of a princess that arrives in like. New York. I yeah. believe Wendy can talk at length. Oh my God, that I love yeah. that movie. Was that the one Andy where there's Adams. A... Was Andy that Adams the one where, yeah. for no reason, she started singing? The guy didn't understand. She kept going. It's like, um, I don't know this song, but like everybody else except him starts chiming in with this song. And there's production. There's a mariachi band. That's fucking hilarious because it's an excellent commentary on. Yes, that makes no fucking sense. Exactly. And I actually like that because it was humor. However, now, going back on what you said before, if it's like a production, like from the 30s and 40s or whatever, mm -hmm. where it's well, a musical and it's a show and it's a full-on production, it is glamorous. It's interesting. There's shapes. When people actually used to actually put on a performance, well, like with design and stuff, not just trouncing up and down saying how much you hate the jets no well well <laughs> oh do not oh did you just diss west side story we'll get oh. back to that we'll get back to west side how story. could i okay no. oh. what, what, what i think appeals to you about the 1930s musicals is so many of them are let's put on a show and the music is actually in context of the story itself that's true. So you you are going on stage and singing a song. You so probably not... he would probably actually like cabaret. Yeah, he, he, having seen cabaret, yes, I think cabaret might have you might because have because all it, of the musical but, numbers are in context of a performance. Yeah, where you know, whereas you know, like Forty Second Street, which we saw for my birthday, and I had no prior context for. It's like isn't I had, it wonderful? I know, right? I had no idea what it was about or anything. I said, I know, it's the I ultimate need to. It, it was playing. Musical. It was playing on my birthday this year at the Heights at the Heights Theater, which is this wonderful, wonderful theater in Columbia Heights, With Minnesota, a Dairy Queen. Right next door, yes. attached and, and, and crystal players. chandeliers yeah. in this beautiful. I got theater. married there. Yeah, yes. Wendy got married there. It's a fantastic theater. So and then it's, Melissa it's playing, turned to me. Yeah, it's playing at on my birthday, and I go, I want to go see a movie on my birthday. So I drag fest, not knowing what Forty Second Street was, except I know I needed to see it. Oh my god, yes, because it's a very famous movie. And then, like twenty minutes in, I go, oh shit, it's a musical. <laughs> You didn't know? I didn't know. I she, didn't know. I love seeing movies not knowing anything about them. Like oh, it's I might, wonderful, isn't I might it? know. I love Forty Second. It's got Dick Powell in it. Right? I know, I know, right? So 
yeah, Forty Second Street stars. I go. I see Busby Berkeley. Go. Oh shit. Busby Berkeley. <laughs> I know, right? I know. And and Fest is sitting next to me. I'm going. Oh shit. I dragged Fest to a musical. And then you turned to me. I was like. Oh shit. It's I a didn't know that this was a musical. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's like it's your birthday. You you get to do whatever you want. But but he wound up liking it because it's one of those nineteen thirties musicals where it's like we're putting on a Broadway show and all the music is actually in the context of putting on a show. It makes sense. Yeah, like the the people the characters in the musical are performing music because they're they're supposed to be performing music. Well, you know it's 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 really weird because I also like that part in Jalen Silent Bob. No, not uh, no the uh, Clerks Two movie, where they start <laughs> dancing on the roof, and then it's not really a musical. It's just like a bunch of dance sequences, and it's like a bunch of random people just start dancing in the street. It's like, hey, that's kind of fun because it's kind of there Do and gone. Like but Footloose. I I don't remember Footloose all that well if I've seen it. Because the thing that's interesting about Footloose is. It's considered sort of a musical movie, but nobody sings. All they do is dance. In yeah, there's no weird quite story. unrealistic fashion oh, in some places. Yeah, yeah. I well, wonder if you would like, like practices dancing in a warehouse where it's really leaky. I wonder if you would like Kiss Me, Kate, because the theatricality of it is so over the top, and so many of the songs are in context of a show that they are putting on. Mm-hmm. I'm I am curious if you would like it. Or, you know, I, I made him watch Blue Angel, which is Marlene Dietrich. Oh. And um, and I remember you liking Blue Angel because it was in the context of Marlene Dietrich is putting on a show and all the music happens in the context of the show. See, but, I'm but, but, such but the, a fan of how a song can capture the moment. As it was expressed to me when I was working on Guys and Dolls when I was a junior in college. And I had this director and he said, look, you've got it tough. In a, in a play, you've got three pages of dialogue and probably a good monologue to express your emotion mm-hmm. about what is going on and about what is happening to you. That is really important. That is game changing to your life. And in a musical, you get four lines and then you have to launch into a song. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to make those four long and singing means you've already reached the apex of the emotional moment. So you've got four lines that you have to take a running leap and somehow get from the beginning to the top of the mountain and jump off that mountain. And you need to make me believe that that is emotionally where you are. It's really interesting to me that modern musicals are kind of this Frankenstein monster that was built off of opera. Yeah. Because opera was a piece of music that people happened to be singing and making a plot for. And Modern Musical was an offshoot of that, where it it was kind of this weird mashup of a play and opera. Well, they, I mean, it, it was also with plays, it, yeah. When was this? I mean, if this you was put a decade on it. When do you think that like was? Like late 1880s, early 1900s. Well, Oklahoma <sighs> is credited as being the first, the first modern musical in that it was the first Seriously? musical that was f- where the all of the numbers were fully integrated into the plot. Hmm. Because prior to that, okay. The the musical numbers were often completely separate or were asides. It was very vaudevillian in structure. See, I've heard Showboat take that transit as well. Showboat, uh, Three Penny Opera, you know, kind of any of those can be seen as the transition between. So they're all they're all sort of in that same place, but it is the idea that the songs need to actually be connected to the plot. Mm-hmm. was a groundbreaking idea and it didn't mm-hmm. happen until really late it i remember in college that i was told there were really only two original american art forms jazz and musical so i'd like to make the transition to what i never considered as musicals but melissa tells me they're musicals and that would be cartoon movies like Disney films and things like that. I never used to consider them musicals. Hmm. It's probably because whenever I've, like, when I was, like, at least in my teens. Wait a minute. When Do I was you in, like those movies? Here, well, here it is. When I was in my teens <laughs> and in my 20s, 
and I went back to I am shooting a and, skeptical look at and Melissa. When oh, I, totally. And when I went back to watch these old Disney movies or other cartoon movies that I liked, I honestly, I honestly forgot that there was singing in it. I honestly forgot. Like maybe there They're was like singing all over. I know. That. Like maybe yeah. there's like one or two songs I, I I thought I remembered, but it's like there's tons of singing, and I find myself having to fast forward through them because I can't stand them. Oh shit! Oh, I have to. You. No, I have to fucking fast forward just like because it sounds <laughs> okay, so wait, wait, wait. cheesy. Wait, 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 wait. It sounds so childish. It's like oh my god. I fast for I don't even watch like Cinderella and Pinocchio. I want to make that clear. Some of those I want to make that clear. Bingo! Take a drink. Anyway, is there singing in Pinocchio? There is singing in Pinocchio. There's a ton of singing in Pinocchio. A drink? No, wait, not that's Cinderella. Um, let's see. When you wish upon us. Well, there's like that song. Is that like the opening song? No difference who you are. That's Jiminy Cricket. Is that is that the opening? No, that's Jiminy Cricket. It's the opening of the song. The no, opening it's of the movie. It I know it is. Is it the opening of the movie? Though? Yeah, but Jiminy also just, there, There's more than the. Than I just that. I tend to just. I tend to dismiss the opening and the ending because it's like the opening is sort of like the introduction. Oh, no, it's the in the middle season. of the movie. It's in the fucking okay. middle of the movie. What What other movies do you love? Do you love um, Mulan? What? Tell me which um, movies. What? Little Mermaid? See, I, I... How did you forget there was music in I just don't know. It's like I blocked it out. How did you not notice well, there was music? Do you have PTSD it's, from it's, musicals? It's the- Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I feel like I've thrown Christians in with lions right now. <laughs> what I the would fuck just, am I? Who's the lion? I don't know yet. Rar. <laughs> have you Slowly. seen Frozen? I've seen Frozen yes. and it's... He has issues. I have what? I know, right? It's I wanted to really love it. Okay, it's it's okay. got some plot problems. It's got. What? Some <laughs> okay, you want to go in? Okay, you want to go in? Oh, 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 you want to bring it? Bring it? Bring it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, okay. Because my five-year-old will take you down. <laughs> let, okay, let me let me start up by we saw a lot of the some of the deleted scenes. The scene that should have stayed in is the one where the sisters are, like, before the coronation day, we see that they're talking to each other about, like, what they're going to wear, or, like, Anna wanted to, I've like... That. Yeah, that should have totally been in, so that we have an idea that, oh, she wasn't locked up in her fucking room for, like, ten years, they actually had some communication. Here I thought she was locked up, she didn't talk to her sister at fucking all, so I couldn't believe it. it was like, okay, if you don't see your sister for, like, ten years... How how do you still feel this way about your sister? What does this matter? How were the that was like what the fuck? It's like I had no idea that they had any that contact because... before that night. Really? It was, a, it was a, because that it was is... not conveyed in any part of that movie. You know what it is? It's because you refuse to acknowledge the shorthand of musicals. I told you it I was... wanted to love this movie. It was given to you in Do You Want to Build a Snowman? As Anna keeps knocking on the door. And she never goes in. They never see each other. They never talk. And then you transition to Coronation Day. I have nothing to assume that they have ever seen each other since. The fact that Anna keeps knocking on the door means that Anna still wants a relationship. Period. End of sentence. Well, true. But it doesn't tell me that they've ever talked to each other since that time. Why do you need to know that they talk to each other? All you need to know is that Anna still wants a relationship. And that there is a wall between them. And in fact, there is a wall between scene, them. And then there's the final scene before, and she that scene sort of does like, not make sense. Then she if sort you of just leaves away at the throne room scene after the coronation, where the two of them are talking, and it's clear. Oh, you're talking to me. Um, hi, I haven't talked to you. I feel awkward around. I don't you. think it was well transitioned. I mean, it has problems with because it was in production almost as badly as. Um, Emperor's New Groove, where it, it it kind of fell apart. It Bullshit. had to be redone twice. Uh, Bullshit. Oh, Anna and oh, what the fuck was her name? Elsa. 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 Elsa was supposed to be the villain. <laughs> oh my god, and they would tear you to bits right now. <laughs> but okay, so that's like one thing that I feel that should have been in there to give a little bit more context of the relationship because it's like at that coronation, it sort of diverts very quickly. Now, granted, they played with this later and it sort of paid off, but the whole. You fall in love and you want to marry, like, the first day, like, in a typical Disney movie. Like, what the hell? That is, you were, Anna, you were the stupidest person on the planet, or you were just and so she is sheltered. told that by Elsa and Kristoff. 
you 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 got engaged to a man you just met. Nobody. Th- that's stupid. Why would you do? Yeah. That? I was like, mm-hmm. and then it's like it was like okay, it's like here Anna is like has some serious. By the way, it's Anna. Anna. And Teddy would correct. Uh, that's you fine. Just as she's corrected me. That's fine. So Anna is the dumbest character of all in this whole movie. You shut your whore mouth. Um, because <laughs> for one, well, okay, granted. She's either not as educated, or she just doesn't have a lot of real-world experience. So I can't fully hold it against her, which is fine, because nobody, you know... What do you Red, mean? Red's trying to marry somebody the, the first day you marry him. Okay, that's really... No, she that is, is that naive is, and yeah. idealistic. Yeah, well, and the, you're well, only naive is, because yes. you lack experience, or you're uneducated yes. in some ways. Yes. She, is, she is being stupid, and it is addressed in the film. I will well, it doesn't, will, it doesn't eventually pay her. off. It doesn't Two different pay people off. tell her, that's ridiculous, you can't do that. And at the same time, not even taking into account that she's been isolated most of her life. Isolated. That is something that is so true of early 20s people. They want to believe, oh, you're the one. Especially I she was, was a, meant a to be with too. you. Especially since she was a woman of status, too. She's probably... Oh, look, you're a prince. I'm a princess. It totally works out. Awesome. Yeah. And the, But the whole, like, oh, there goes my sister. I'm a guy I just met and wanted to marry. You be in charge. I'm going to run after my sister alone with no guard, no provisions, and I don't know where she's pulling this money out of her bodice from. Are you kidding No! Me? She, she... Okay. Are you kidding In me? the original script, they played it up that it was months. Here, I'm like... Elsa, you gotta stop me, like, whatever. It's like, you, you set the, the whole town into eternal winter. What, for four fucking hours? It's like, oh, it's an eternal winter for four fucking hours. Because you would have been dead in the fucking snow with how you're dressed. No guard. You're a fucking princess. You should have had a guard. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you, you do not have any somebody? fucking money on you. You don't leave the fucking castle. You don't have, like, oh, it's a coronation. I'm gonna pack my... Oh, I don't have any pockets with oh, money. Oh and then she God. buys shit. There's so much like, that Woo-hoo. would not fucking happen. Woohoo! <laughs> Big summer blood. Oh my God, I'm so glad. So it's mostly the plot and Margaret. I, I feel like I'm... And then the I'm, fucking troll rocks. What the fuck? Uh, so aside from... I'm not going to go back onto the stuff I, I hate about the plot. It's the plot I hate. I like that it broke. It, it broke a lot of expectations about, oh, it's a Disney movie. It's going to go there. Well, it didn't go there. There were a lot of nice surprises. One nice surprise, the 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 created sidekick injected into the plot that didn't really need to be there to facilitate any... They didn't really do anything for the plot, really. It was the little snowman. He wasn't as annoying as I was fearing him to be. I know! Wasn't he fun? I was, I was fearing him to be, like, well, he's also freaking a, annoying. He's also a counterpoint to the giant evil snowman. Quote-unquote evil snowman. Well, and he sings that delightful song in Which summer. Which isn't too annoying and is and- short. And what I like about his character, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, is he is so innocent. Mm-hmm. He is so innocent that what he does is point out all the assumptions other people are making. Yeah, I like that he was not a Timon and Pumbaa. I like that he wasn't the dragon from Mulan. I like that he wasn't, <laughs> wasn't yeah. the. I, I like that he wasn't most usual sidekick stupid things. Well, I well, think, I, but, I think but, as I put it, he wasn't too Shrekky. I, I think we're we're mixing but, tropes from Disney with tropes from musicals. Here. And well, I know, but so let me let me come around. Okay, so, keep working it. Keep working. Keep, it. Working, keep going. Keep so, going. So so uh, again, I liked a lot of the oh, I didn't see that coming sort of stuff because I totally expected it to go. Oh, love's first kiss. Oh, he's an asshole. And uh, oh, Anna. Yeah, if and then that's that. Who loved you? And then the the whole oh, like, the true love I know. thing. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're. Fucking asshole! Oh! Yeah, yeah, that was great. Do you know what Monty's reaction to that was? No. <gasps> he lied to us through song. <laughs> <laughs> he sang such a great duet. That's not allowed. You don't get to sing a great song and then be a jerk. Although I, I think that belies where the schism between the two of you is. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, the I outside think, perspective. I think I think Fess is an extreme literalist, not necessarily educated in the ways of musical theater. No, definitely not. Well, and also uh, not accepting of the tropes of musical theater. True, and musical theater is this weird kind of Frankenstein that grew out of opera, which is a musical 
it, it grew out of a, a, a musical format rather than a theatrical format. And it is a fantasy. And it is a fantasy. And and so I I kind of envision it as being, you know, limbs on a tree growing apart from each other. You go over there. Yeah, yeah you, you are both on extreme ends uh, <laughs> I of the ask, same tree. I want to ask... Yes, please do. I want to ask you if my summation of Frozen, because I want to say this last thing on Frozen. Um, I felt it needed a lot more real character development. I think it could have benefited from being 20 minutes longer because the whole movie felt it was in a constant hurry to get to the next part they wanted to do. The only part that I feel was missing is, and I do agree with this, that it popped up on my feed and I'm like, yes, you're actually right about that, is there needed to be a moment after Anna was frozen when Elsa recognized how much she had shut Anna out and the disservice that she did to her by doing that. Because what popped up on my feet is, you know what that moment needed right after Anna was frozen was it needed Elsa to do a reprise of, do you want to build a snowman where Elsa is looking at this frozen statue and regretting all the missed opportunities and saying, Ooh, that would have been deep. Anna, (laughs) as a matter of fact, I do want to build a snowman and I did miss you and I let fear hold me back and what was I thinking and now you're gone. Oh my God. So you wanted her to do a reprise of I want to build, do you want to build a Yeah, there's a YouTube video out there of it. I'll send the link to you. There's (laughs) a YouTube video out there of somebody who did a mock-up of this is the moment that was missing in Frozen. This moment right here, after Anna was frozen. That would have been good. I know, but right? But it didn't happen. But it didn't happen. You have to understand, I am Third. steeped in musical theater tropes. And mm-hmm. by and the, the nature of musical theater is, I sang a song. And so that means we can move on, because I have already conveyed the deepest and most truest of emotions. Well, musical... Why would you, why would you yeah. dilly-dally around it? Musical theater is very abstract. It's very abstract, it's totally abstract, and it is shorthand. I sang you a song. I don't need to do a whole big scene about how much I love you and how much I'd be, be willing to sacrifice for you because I sang a love ballad. Mm-hmm. So we've already established what the stakes are. I sang for you, motherfucker, and that means I'm willing to do anything mm-hmm. for you. And so, now we can move on, and you can accept that the stakes are that high. So I want to bring up West Side Story. <laughs> I warn you, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Oh I'm my god! No, 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 no. If I've seen it, if I've seen it once, I may not. I remember some of now, it, but not all of it. Now, that now, said, I, I think West Side Story is a very troubled film. It is. It is it because is. it was started by um, Jerome Robbins as the director. Mm-hmm. He started filming it. Jerome Robbins, of course was the stage director and stage choreographer. He created the show. He literally created the show, created the dances, created the concept around this idea that we will express all the physicality of two groups of young men fighting, and we will express that through dance because, and again, you take that idea of it's so important, we will take it to a more meta level. It's not just trying to kill each other with knives. We will try to kill each other through dance, right? And we will take it to an abstract level where we can back up and look at it and look at the conflict artistically. Jerome Robbins started to film the movie. The, the-, the production company, the studio, had no confidence in him and took it away from him. Mm-hmm. And they gave it to another director. Was it Robert Wise? It, it, was, it was Robert that, Wise. Who is fucking brilliant he is brilliant but the problem is he had this very cold touch this very Mm -hmm. removed vision and so it ended up with this very abstract cold feel which becomes very meta but the film becomes very problematic a film that is a property west side story that is very physical very carnal and very much grounded in a sort of lizard brain reaction to conflict, suddenly on film becomes cold, 
and conceptual. See that that's really interesting though, because I I mean I I both agree with you and don't agree with you on that. I I love Robert Wise as a director, and I and I and I kind of love and I kind of hate the film of West Side Story. It's really problematic. It's really a strange movie because you have street gangs suddenly breaking out into dance and that doesn't seem like a thing that street gangs would do, which I believe would be what Fess's beef with the movie would be. Yeah, it, it seems but, a little, and I mean this quite intentionally, it seems a little gay. <laughs> a little? <laughs> It's like okay, like but, some of the some of the dancing, the choreography that, that I recognize or re- remember from it anyway. There's a lot of intimidation, you know, jumping over stuff, presenting yourselves. We got a big group. Oh, you got a big group too. And even do they have the whole like tie your arms together and do the knife thing, right? Yeah. Well, that's a choreographed mm-hmm. dance, but it's also you're about to stab each other. So that's like sort of like in well, ga- you're 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 you're. Posturing. That's all you're Robbins. Doing stuff. Yeah, that's oh, all well. Robbins, and it was groundbreaking how physical the the action was. The dance sequences in West Side Story are phenomenal. There, I mean, they're I mean, for as disconnected as they might be with actual, say, street life, they're. I am trying to represent conflict through dance. Yeah, and and, and Robbins came from a ballet background. So he was very definitely approaching this from a very specific physicality of, I want to represent masculinity in a physical dance form. And my God, he fucking succeeded. It's yeah. brilliant. The The opening sequences, I, I don't think I'm as sold on as cool. The cool. sequence cool is... is now, the, I the love- moment. I love the opening sequence. See, the, the opening sequence is iconic, but I'm not, I mean, like on an emotional, personal, it, it's a fantastic piece of music. Like, I'm totally sold in the music. I'm all about Bernstein. I fucking think the the, the, the music is astounding. Um, as a film, like the opening sequence, eh, I'm, it's iconic, but personally, I'm not as engaged in it. When I was watching the, the movie for the first time, Cool is when I went, oh my god, that, that's music magic. That's magic. That is movie magic right there. That scene when they were doing cool, Where they that is amazing. Totally express an idea through song and dance. Oh, that, that's fantastic what, stuff. What is going on in this moment? And we can use music, which reaches, which is pure audio emotion, to help us get to a moment that would be really hard to get to with words. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and Fess is dying to say something. Fess has his hand up. Okay. Fess, Fess is very polite. For one, I shall say, singing includes words. Okay? It singing does. includes mm-hmm. words. However, I think I figured out what my quote-unquote problem is. Oh, with it's I a think, problem. I think I figured it out. <laughs> I'm a fan of show, don't tell. And what is singing in a musical, but an abbreviation of what you didn't show? You're just expressing, you're telling, you're not showing. See, that's funny. Sometimes because... you do show while you're doing it, but I think, at least with modern stuff, since I seem to have a problem with modern stuff, it's all tell, no show. I, I don't think it's But necessarily... it's abbreviated tell. It is, and that's probably why you do actually have a problem, is because they're taking an extreme shortcut. And it... And if you are not willing to accept it, it can seem like it was not earned, like it was not honest. Well, you jumped from A to Q, and I don't know how you got to Q, but suddenly you're a Q, and and I don't buy it. Brave Little Toaster. That's a good movie. But you kind of the music. I I how many songs does it take time. before it's considered a musical? That's a really good question because Ooh. oddly enough. Mulan has songs in it, but I don't consider it a true movie musical. As so I what, do like what, con- what constitutes a musical, Wendy? I feel like, first off, more of the important moments need to be communicated in song. It is a little bit about ratios of songs to running time. Okay, If you look at Mulan, there's really only about four songs. 
There's the I'm going to get married song. There's the I'm, I'm a disappointed appointment to my family ballad. There's the there training any, montage. And is there an intro song? And there's the Oh, look, we're all marching to war song. No, there really isn't. Okay, so the marching to war song. Well, that was certainly a thing, so I could probably buy that one. It's an one. awful song. The training, the training, mon well, the training thing is I'll probably a montage song. I'll make a man out of song, you so. is a great song. That one I actually have on my on my. It's like I always have excuses or reasonings why I can tolerate certain songs or certain types of Maybe songs. Maybe you just need to admit that you actually like musicals. Well, no, if I liked a musical, well, I'd like it and not feel I the need to fast forward through a song. Actually, I I think we're coming from two. Opposites. I mean, which is what I was approaching earlier. I think you've got tropes upon tropes upon tropes that have built up along the history of the American musical over well over a century now. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what happened with horror films. I mean, you've got tropes upon tropes and upon tropes, and now you've got the ironic tropes and you know the, the, meta, the meta tropes, tropes and everything building in American horror these days. And and coming from outside, if you're not a horror fan, looking at some of these modern horror films, you kind of go, what language are they speaking? It's incomprehensible. Right. And I think part of what's happening in the American musical in like the last 25 years is if you have somebody like Fess who hasn't grown up with musicals, hasn't watched a ton of musical films i would still say and i grew up with musicals. no 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 hasn't watched a ton of them hasn't embraced them he doesn't speak that language and well, I, I think there's also a shorthand musicals where it's more than just about the words that they're singing it's also the music it's also the the key and the the tempo and all the entirety of the song it's not just the words that they're singing the music itself is the shorthand that is conveying the scene. Okay, so Bollywood. We didn't talk about Bollywood we yet. About talked, we wait a minute, about wait a minute. You like Bollywood? He what I how, know, right? To you, an extent. How do you reconcile that? Bollywood is so ridiculous. It could be because it crosses the line at some but granted it's also in a different language. Here's also the thing, it's in a different language. Which is probably why I like opera that's in also in a different language. Because it is, I've even like like anime now, music videos where I learn to listen to like so there's a Japanese like a distance. Well, here's the thing, because I already have a problem. So I only have a hearing... people in other countries well, no, get to express true emotion. No, it's not about. <laughs> it's not that. This is this is my weird thing this about. This is uh, my skeptical face. This is, <laughs> I, I'll explain it. You might take a picture for the podcast. I'll I'll explain yeah, it because I figured it. my phone worked, it would. I explained I would. it. I, I, so I'll, I figured out I'll explain it. You're going to yeah. take a selfie keep of your trying. Keep of trying. Your keep trying to explain face. it. No, I, I have yet to start explaining. Okay. Okay. Please so, proceed. One thing that I sort of discovered about myself is that, well, I have a hearing issue. A lot of the background noise comes up and blows up. So whenever I listen to music, unless I know the words, I have no idea what they're saying, except for a few I phrases or words. And so... It turns the voice itself, even in English speaking stuff, the voice itself, if I don't know the words, it turns into another instrument. So if I'm singing along, it's like, like if you if you turn the car radio off and you let me sing it, I'm just singing sounds. Mm -hmm. I'm still singing along and in tone, but I don't know the words. So it's like, you know, just whatever it sounds. The voice is another instrument. When you make, when you take instrument, when you take the English away, and it's a different language, it is very much another instrument because I don't understand a single thing, except for in Bollywood where they'll sometimes throw in English words, uh, or Japanese. And isn't stuff. that it's, confusing? It's, you're it's listening along, you're like, I don't understand, I don't understand. Oh my God, I can suddenly speak this language. Wait, it went away. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with looking at subtitles, but it's like, it just it's it's melodic, it's just enjoyable to listen to, so I'm, I'm sort of distracted. I think it's part of like Bollywood is more enjoyable because I don't you know I don't feel like that the singing is cheesy because I I don't hear the typical English where it's like oh my god are you sing really singing that you, aren't you not embarrassed by how you're singing you sound fake like you're forcing it is basically my reception to a lot of have you ever American been musical. to a cabaret or to a musical review 
No, but I'm, I'm sort of making a point. Well, I have I just, to disconnect with a different language because I don't hear how my perception is. It's like how it sounds goofy that you're singing But like I mean, that. when you hear a song on the radio, do you respond that way? Well, it's just a song on the radio. It's out of context. Unless it's... He really doesn't make any sense. Do you know that? No, there, there, yeah, there are moments. Let's compare it. Let's yeah. bring up Thriller. That's the closest thing. We got the Thriller song, but if you add the music video... It's a musical video. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to but there's crazy town here. No, no, no. There's story. It there's no singing. There's setup. There's plot to an extent. There's regular talking and things um, like that. And then it breaks. You could say argue it breaks out into a musical, kinda. Because yes, you know, it breaks so out into a musical. Do you like it or thriller. not like it? Well, it's interesting because it's set up, it's also short. No, 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 no. Do you like it or not like it? Um, I'd much rather hear just the song versus the whole okay, setup. Okay, seriously? Yeah, just I know, I right? think this entire episode has just been an, an exploration of Fess's particular <laughs> psychosis. But, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's kind of goofy, it's kind of fun, but, you know, I don't need to see the whole opening sequence. What? I really, I really just want to get... <laughs> I'm horrified now. No, no, no. <laughs> That's fucking John Landis you're dissing there. <laughs> John Landis and Rick Baker. The twenty. You're treading on holy ground here. The twenty seconds up into the start of the music and through the whole music, music, the rest of the song, I do like, but I don't need to see that whole first part again. Oh. I don't. No. It's, it's interesting. Oh. It's kind no. Of fun, but I no. want to get to the part it that I really like. It sets up. It sets up. It sets up the entire videos. trope, which is that we are going to explore, comment on, and make a meta sort of level on those old 50s horror movies. Well, that's it, fine, it but is, sometimes I just want to hear the song. It's, and that's fine, too. Yeah, I you can go to, fucking listen to the song. But, but I also want to see the thriller, sequence. The thriller video is a dance. short film. It is a 20-minute long short that's, film that's by fine. John Landis. But sometimes I just want to see and the I really listen, cool dancing, which doesn't I happen in music to, videos anymore, really. I listen to soundtracks because I just like to hear the songs from the musicals I love. <clears throat> You're not dissing. Not listen to a soundtrack. You're not musical. dissing the whole twenty-minute video. But what's funny is you're willing to to diss a whole two-hour musical because, well, that's just ridiculous. Why would you sing? You know why you'd sing? Because it's awesome. Because those songs are amazing. Because when you hear them, you go, "Oh my God, yes!" Because when you hear them, you go, "Oh my God, that's brilliant. That's hilarious." So while I've I met Melissa. Yeah. My goal hasn't been to try to explain that I hate musicals and I don't want to see them. My goal has but he turned, does it a lot. My goal has turned into, what do I actually like? Is there a musical that I'll like in its entirety? Because maybe I'm just seeing bad musicals. It could be just as simple as that. But then again, there's some things that I really hate about things. Is there a musical where I could sit through everything and enjoy it and not feel the need to fast forward through a song because I can't stand it? You know what? I will say this. Often there is at least one song in every show where I'm like, yeah, we could skip this and I'd be okay. If you watch Slings and Arrows, there is my recommendation for the Pleasure Dome for this week, listeners. <laughs> Slings and Arrows, it is a Canadian TV show, but it's very much on the BBC mold in that there's like six episodes per season. There are three seasons and they are brilliant. But in the third season, they start to explore what makes a musical a musical. And there comes a point where one of the characters is like, I know why this song doesn't work. Because it's an act two song and it's stuck in the middle of act one. If we move it to act two, it will work. And I watched that scene and went, oh my God, I know exactly what he's talking about. So, hey, Fess, who are you? I'm Fess. <laughs> what do you do? Too much. <laughs> now you sound like me. Yeah, like all of us in this room. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, mm, mm, <sighs> Webcomics mm. podcast for the past six, seven years or whatever it is. A web fiction podcast. Uh, I guess I'm doing on the Geek Life Now podcast. Yes, you are now a co-host Lots of podcasts. Yeah, and I'm looking to start a video series this summer and... Oh, I'm coloring a comic for Blue Water Productions now. And I also should be working on this different webcomic right now. I do too much. Nerd.
you, you know, you have to be a little bit more dramatic and point. Nerd. Hold on, hold on. Nerd. No, that's you. Or like there's, a jock. Been, there's a lot of pointing going on. Yes. Okay, so Fess, what would be in your own personal pleasure dome if Kublai Khan listened to you and said, "Thus shall the pleasure dome be." What would be in it? Well, the list is right here, and I don't know if I can be honest. Oh, <laughs> say it. I'll edit it out later. Pleasure. Okay, so my own personal porn. pleasure dome. If I had my pleasure, it wouldn't be porn. It'd be like live naked ladies. And... Good job. I was like, <laughs> seriously, you're the first person who's just brought up like I would like live naked people. Because who wouldn't want that? Yeah. Really attractive naked people. Whether you did anything with them or not, they'd be nice to look at. Oh, it'd be like, it would, okay, it'd probably be, all right, we want to go Pleasure Dome? Let's go Pleasure Dome. Okay, let's go to Logan's Run. <laughs> <laughs> My jaw is dropping in anticipation, and then he goes, Logan's Run? Like, Are you shitting me? <laughs> when I was 12, I would keep looking on Encore to see if that movie was on, just so I could see a big, giant room of naked ladies and... Well, there was also true. like a pack of they naked don't men, wear but... bras. Nobody wore bras in. The oh, 70s. this was completely naked. Yeah, I remember those that. things were completely naked. It's like, hmm, I think that's pleasure dome. That's what I would say. And there'd probably be like other stuff there too, but. <laughs> so naked people would be in your pleasure dome. Mostly women, I'd say. <laughs> Mostly women. <laughs> I, you know what? That's an honest answer, and I am super proud of you for fighting. When we say pleasure dome, somebody goes, "I'd like naked women." It'd probably also be like... Sex. I am a hetero man, and I would like naked women. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I didn't say that, but, you know, there'd also be probably uh, snacks and cake and, you know. <laughs> I mean, if I mean, if you I mean, if you want a list, I can think of a list, but it boils down to... So, little Give Debbies me. and naked people. <laughs> <laughs> naked women. Naked women. Mostly naked women. Mostly naked women. Rather, couple, rather and, naked and women and a couple of like, little Debbies. And a couple Humble. of them. <laughs> I said there'd be cakes there. I want... <laughs> this just keeps getting better. <laughs> marshmallow fondant cakes. <laughs> little st- what about this, the star clusters? Do you eat those? The little Debbie star crunchy rice crispy? I've kind thing? of OD'd on a little, a little Debbie's stuff for the most part. Uh, things that I... Used to like a lot when I was a kid. I ate way too much of. So right now for Little Debbie's, it's really just going to come down to zebra cakes and donut sticks <laughs> and maybe occasionally oat milk cream pies. <laughs> kind of burned out on uh, Swiss Miss and, and Nutty Bars. Nutty Bars is the bomb. All right. What is your Pleasure Dome recommendation to others for our communal Pleasure Dome? A brand of footwear. It could be a blanket you like. It could be something awesome you have found that a you book, can recommend to A movie, to other a TV show, a YouTube video, a website, a blog. You know, fuck it. All right. Here's my recommendation because I can't think of a better one right now. It's sort of related to what we're talking about. Talk about Disney musicals as well as in here. I only recommend my favorite Disney princess movie, which oh. is. Emperor's New Groove. <gasps> Yay! I love that movie so much. It's so that great. Best thing about that movie? One song. Cusco. Cusco. He's the sovereign king of the nation. <laughs> I love that song. Also, there's a little song that Kronk sings. <laughs> Great radio, Melissa. I know,
So, so before we forget, we should wrap up the podcast. Oh, oh hey. This has been the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our special guest was Fess. Hi, Fess. Goodbye, Fess. Hi. Bye. Love you, Fess. Yeah. And we will see you next week when we crack open another bottle of alcohol and contemplate the ruin that is our lives. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at XanaduCinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. alcohol making skills now so that you become a crucial member of the zombie survival team later.